In this episode, we'll be speaking with volunteer Debbie Levy. Debbie is a volunteer, trained wish granter, and Kids for Wish Kids supporter for Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley. Here is Debbie Levy. Welcome to the Wish House podcast. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Awesome. So would you share a little bit about, uh, to our listeners, just share a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, I am a two-year-old retired teacher. Um, I taught elementary school and middle school for 30 years. And I have two kids and um, life you're, is good. <laughs> and you're from Rockland County, right? And I'm from Rockland County. There you born, go. Just shy of born and raised. <laughs> oh, yeah? Where were you born? Were you born in like outside of it? I was born in the Bronx. Ah, the Bronx. So I'm from the Bronx, too. So, you know, for those that are listening, if you're from the Bronx, boogie down Bronx, big ups. Um, but what part of the Bronx were you born at or in the area, the neighborhood? Um, Kruger Avenue and Barnes Avenue. OK. All right. I'm from uh, originally from Kingsbridge and I now live in the Pelham Bay section of the Bronx. OK. Yeah. So, you know, people that are from the Bronx, you always go by the neighborhoods and uh, yeah. that's the way it works out. No, even if you were born there, so you're, you can say you're from the Bronx. so um i just want to kind of share a little bit to our listeners you know some background on you as a volunteer so you know before we kind of get into the kids for wish kids stuff which is really a main thing that you do now but when you first started um back in 2016 uh you worked predominantly on events you helped you were trained as a wish granter you know tell me a little bit about those experiences okay so i i always wanted to give back in some way volunteerism has always been very important to me. And I always felt like I get more out of volunteering than what I give. You know, it's it's almost a little selfish there. Um, so I got started very minimally looking around saying, well, I'm going to retire in a couple of years. I just, I want to be able to have something else in my pocket. I always have to be busy. And Make-A-Wish just seemed perfect. I always worked with kids and caring for kids. So so that was an easy no-brainer. Uh, I absolutely loved working on the golf outings. They, I think those were my absolute favorite. You know, you meet so many people and you talk and everybody's happy and excited and doing their thing. And I left there... In August, you know, after the outing, I'm like, oh, I wish it was longer. You know, I was tired, but not that tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And our golf outing is one of those events that we have internally that a lot of people don't really realize is happening, you know, sometimes, you know, because it is kind of in the middle of our two major internal events between our wish ball and our walk. So the golf kind of happens in the summertime. A lot of times people are traveling, uh, vacationing, pre-pandemic, obviously, um, but you know, now, you know, it's great that we're able to share a little bit about the experiences on your end as a volunteer and how exciting they were for you and that you were looking forward to it, um, every year. So that's really cool. And, and you also were trained wish grinder. So you worked on, at least in my records, approximately about three wishes. Does that sound about right for you? Yes. Uh, one wish I'm still waiting on cause it's been postponed and two wishes, well, two wishes I'm waiting on and two wishes I've completed. Awesome. So you completed two wishes. You're, you have two wishes kind of in a holding pattern. Was that as a result of the pandemic? Yes. One of them was is an extraordinary wish for an extraordinary young man 
who, um, oh, I, I wish he would squeeze me into his suitcase as he goes on that journey. Um, what is the destination for that wish? He's, he's supposed to go on an African safari and, um, it's just off the coast of Africa and, um, be with lions. That, wow. That, so, and he's an incredible, credible young man. And then I have a little guy who was waiting for Disney, but now we just switched his wish. Oh, okay. So he's, so he's one of the many families, um, that have, been given the opportunity to change their wish as a result of the pandemic. So his wish was originally Disney and now he switched to something else. Well, what wish yes, did he switch to? He's, uh, he's going to be getting, I think shortly, um, a computer and all the accessories, you know, a, a shopping spree, I guess, for the technology. That's awesome. And actually for our listeners that are, that are listening to this episode, you're going to be listening to this probably a few months from when it was originally recorded, but uh, we never, as a chapter, we never stopped granting wishes during the pandemic. Wishes changed a little bit in how they you know, were presented because we went from in-person um, uh, visits to then everything being virtual. And then we, um, we've continued to grant wishes. I mean, although not at the clip that we usually would do, um, but we are still granting wishes like this. I mean, we have a lot of families that prefer not waiting because they want an experience now that can that they can bring that can bring them a lot of joy. Um, right. And this particular child, you know, wanted to switch it up from Disney to something that may last them at, at a, for a few years. You know, something that will kind of continue to reap the benefits of it as he as he gets older, I would think. Right. Yeah, because he's a little guy. So I, yeah. I do agree with you. And the other one, the the other boy was um, offered to change his wish. Mm hmm. But he's older and he can understand that. And he was like, no, no I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> no, if you're going to Africa, you definitely want to wait until you're <laughs> able to go and, and experience that, uh, just that lion experience. I can only imagine how that, that must be. It's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, and there's zip lining there. There's so much. It's it's an unbelievable, unbelievable thing that that was found. <laughs> yeah. And for our listeners, you know, when we grant those types of wishes, we work very closely with international affiliates. And with that, a lot of times they have personal connections with local vendors that offer excursions or offer certain activities or tours. And in this particular case, I know from past African safari wishes, we usually are, um, working very closely with those local vendors um, through our affiliate chapters. And then they're helping us kind of manage it and coordinate it on, on our end. So it's extremely helpful to have that partnership with Make-A-Wish International. Um, so shout out and props to them for that. Um, and with that said, you know, you, you talked a lot in the beginning with regards to being two years removed from uh, teaching. Um, so what grades did you teach? And, uh, and, you know, how has it been now being retired? Well, um, I was a fifth and sixth grade teacher for most of my career. And then I spent the last two years as a fourth grade teacher. So elementary. And um, when I was leaving my fifth and sixth grade, I was like, oh, no, I'm a middle school teacher. I'm not going to be able to do this. And as a fourth grade teacher, I'm like, oh, I wish I was always a fourth grade teacher. So I just loved every aspect of working with that age group. They were terrific. Um, I really am. I'm, I'm so blessed and excited that I had that opportunity and I, I don't feel old enough to be done with the career, but I am. Yeah. You know, you put in your time right now. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you this, you know, one of the things that always impresses me with you is, you know, how you first started as a volunteer and then you, 
you you utilize and incorporate it in a way into your day-to-day work and day-to-day life um, so that it almost became like one whole thing in a weird way. Your efforts really have helped us grow our Kids for Wish Kids program in Rockland County, um, not just with your students that you work with directly, but the entire school and, and surrounding schools as well within the district, which is something that is phenomenal and it, it's 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 really planting the seed of philanthropy in these young minds and the young kids and not only them but also their parents and family members that are seeing that happen how 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 did that kind of come about for you um in incorporating make-a-wish into kind of the whole lesson planning and kind of figuring out um that for kids in middle school it's actually a pretty elementary cool school. school it's actually a pretty cool story i think um It was a Thanksgiving and I always have the uh, parade, the Macy's Day parade on every year. Like that's my thing, hand in the turkey and and the parade. And at the very end of the parade, there's Santa and there's there's Make-A-Wish. And I saw this for the first time many years ago and I said, geez, this is a connection that needs to be made. This is a no-brainer. Kids need to learn how to write. They need to have a purpose for writing. And Make-A-Wish needs kids to write. And it was born with my hands in the turkey, so to speak. (laughs) And it started off really small. It started off, I started it with my class. And then some teachers next door on either side said, wait a minute, we should be doing this our grade. And then it became, wait a minute, why is... Why are they doing it just in the grade? It should be the building. And then I went to a different building and I got the the element, the third, fourth grade building going. And then one of the the librarians was a shared teacher between K2. She went K4 and she was like, I could get the little ones to draw pictures. So we did that. And then we kept it in the middle school. And then I said, wait a minute, all these kids are going K8 and knowing about it, we have to get the high school involved. And thus the entire district embraced it. And there was one little boy, his name was Vincent in my class. He's going to be, he's an eighth grader now. And he said to me, Mrs. Levy, this is not enough. He said, the letters are great. And thus our water bottle uh, collection was born. And that has taken off tremendously. It was in the district. Um, my very good friends drink a lot of plastic wear and they just donated themselves right to make a wish. And the money goes directly to make a wish. I don't have to touch the hands. The deposit place takes the bottles and sends you guys a check. And, and I feel like a big winner there. I was going to ask you, is sorry, that the can in and cash out program? Is that the program you're referring yeah, to? Well, that's from us. Wow. So, you know, over $800 has come from this initiative since you started doing it in November of 2018 through the from Nichols. Nichols. Imagine that over $800, something so simple that people have (laughs) are collecting for recycling every single day over the week. They go and drop it off in that blue container outside their homes. They could easily just collect it, you know, drop it off, get the nickels for it. And then donate it right to Make a Wish, right? And through the program that you're referring to is Canon Cash yes. Out. Yes. And so from there, I took that to several other districts in the in the county. So I've gotten. Uh, should I name the the districts that were shout outs for? Sure. Well, I mean, they deserve the the you know the the recognition for what they've done for our, okay, our chapter. So, yeah. so Nanuet Nanuet, it was born in, and. From there, 
Pearl River School District has gotten involved and the South Orange Town School District has gotten involved as well as um, some of Suffren got involved. And then we also have some BOCES programs. So we have all age kids doing whatever it is that they can. And then they take it. I meet with the different schools and I find out what they like to do and what excites them. And we had one BOCES program that was so excited. They did their water bottles, but more than that is they decided to have a bake sale. And these kids, they worked in a, in a hospital and the doctors were just throwing twenties at them for wow. cupcakes. It was, it was so incredible. I got to say one of those kids, I remember speaking to him at the believe campaign that we did over at the Palisade mall in 2019. And during the holiday season, I remember he pulled me to the side and was like, is there a way I can meet Steph Curry from the golden state warriors? And I remember I'm like, that. I'm like, Hey, you know, if you qualify for a wish and you're under 18, you know, maybe. <laughs> so it was just really funny that, um, that they got right. that into it and they really understood what, the purpose and our mission is as an organization. And that's really stemming from the seed that you planted in them, you know, when you were working with them, you, do you find that the skills that they're attaining, you know, both in the writing of the, the, the holiday letters, um, you know, what outside of that, what else have you seen kind of seen it really firsthand? What else do you see that they're really getting out of it? Um, because obviously they're seeing the funds being raised They're They're seeing the letters being collected. They know the amount at some point, when, when it's announced, how many letters have been collected. But then after that, what's the, what additional payoffs or things that are really benefiting them and for the long-term are you seeing in them? Because I think a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are in a similar position like yourself, you know, working with young children as teachers and, you know, they're always looking for things to incorporate, to change it up and freshen up their lesson planning. You know, is there something in there? Is there something else that they can kind of take back with them? and possibly incorporate it in their classrooms? I was contacted by a guidance counselor who I guess lives in our territory, in our territory, but she, she's a guidance counselor in the city. And she said, could I help? And so I spoke to her for like an hour and a half last summer and whatnot. And I didn't realize that she wasn't part of our territory. So I said, look, it's, she said, why should I do this? You know, it's going to be a lot of work. And I said, it's electrifying and it's contagious and it builds character. And for me, you know, math was very important and science was very important and English was very important. And the kids are going to learn those things. But to instill that feeling of goodness and caring and the teachers get excited, the kids get excited, and they see the human part of us. I walk through the stores now, you know, well, pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I would be the Make-A-Wish lady, and I don't even have my, you know, Make-A-Wish stuff on, but it's like, there's the Make-A-Wish lady. Mom, Mom, that's the Make-A-Wish lady, you know? Or one little boy last year came running up to me because we did the guess how many jelly beans are in the jar? And he goes, I was the winner, you know? And I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> That's awesome. I got to say, you know, one of, for those that are listening, you know, one of the great things about specifically the Believe campaign, because that's what we're referring to here, which is a, a letter writing campaign that's hosted by Macy's, which is a national sponsor of Make with Make-Wish. Um, and one of the things that they do is they invite 
the community to write letters to Santa. Um, they we could write, write a letter. Macy's. Yeah, exactly. You write to Macy's. Um, and as long as there's a written letter dropped off at a red mailbox inside, you know, this again is pre-COVID, but dropped off a, <laughs> uh, a red mailbox at Macy's, those letters would then be counted by volunteers and, of Make-A-Wish. Um, and they would give us to submit those numbers on a weekly basis all throughout the holidays. So at the end, we would then see who has you know, collected the most uh, letters within each store. We would acknowledge the stores and things like that. Without fail, every single year since you've been involved, the store that you and you and the entire schools um, drop off letters at automatically is number one because you guys collect thousands literally thousands and thousands of letters, tens of thousands, (laughs) tens of thousands of letters, you know, and it's one of the most impressive things to see you guys walk, not only bust the kids there because all the letters typically are dropped off on a very specific day that the letters count for double where Macy's does it all year, you know, does it every year this way. And coincidentally this year in 2020, completely different because we're living in a different um, era now with the, the pandemic. So there's some different things that they've incorporated, which um, by the time this airs, it would have already happened. So I'll, I'll gladly say it now, but we are going to have a full week of those letters counting for double. Instead of it being one day, it's actually going to be a full week. So um, they're expanding that. We no longer are going to have volunteers, unfortunately, counting letters because we're, the big push is going to be towards digital letter writing campaign. Um, however, they are going to have a drive, like a drive-by drop-off for hard copy letters that the Macy's oh, employees awesome. will be picking up and they're going to be counting in-house um, on their own. So there's some different things to the campaign in 2020, which is really exciting. We're, we're pumped to start sharing it out in the, in the, in the coming weeks um, to our volunteers so that they're aware and to the entire community through social media. I'm going to have to get platforms. some information from you. <laughs> I got you. Yes, yes. Um, so there's a lot of layers to it and, and we're still getting, I mean, information now, like we just got these updates a couple of days ago. So, and it's supposed to be dropping and launching on the 26th earlier this week, this, this year. So usually it's the beginning, okay. it's like, it's like beginning of November. Now it's actually starting earlier on October 26th, I believe. And it's going to go all the way through December 30, December 24th. Um, so it's really, really uh, different this year, but still exciting. And I think we can still reach a similar numbers that we've done in the past, just it's going to be a little bit different. And I think, you know, typing is also important. Um, so that would be something that a lot of the, the older kids, especially will, will probably learn, uh, will continue to learn and, hey, and grow in that skill set. Abe, the kids that are so technologically savvy because they're, they're spending so much time on zoom. If I, I can, I can definitely see them doing a lot of the, of the um, tech, you know, key, keying them in. Will you, as Hudson Valley, get the credit for that if it goes that way? That's one of the things that we're trying that they haven't shared with us completely yet on how we're going to get that data and how it's going to be directly correlated to our chapter. My understanding, based on early conversations, is going to be based off of IP addresses. So based on where the IP address is located, they're going to, I guess, triangulate where it's coming from. And if it's within our territory, then those numbers should be... um, you know, should be going towards us. Um, so it's something. Then we'll get going on that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I'll definitely get you on a call with Claire, our community outreach coordinator and make sure that you, um, that you guys connect on, on next steps on how to make it happen. But again, we're getting this information literally 
you know, in the past couple of days, um, we've been having conversations leading up to it, but, you know, firming things up are now, are now happening. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, so thank you for sharing about Super. the ph philanthropy with the kids and, and kind of what they're getting out of it. Like you said, building character in them, showing them, you know, giving them that sense of empathy for others is really important. Um, what, what, what other tips would you give maybe even to parents that, you know, how, actually, let's take a step back. When you're you're doing this in, in class, I would think a letter goes out to the parents to kind of inform them, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, is, does that happen at all? I'm just curious. I've, I've always been curious of how that is shared out to parents and how parents maybe are invested into what you guys are doing at the school. Yes. Well, this, not this year, but last year, actually, I learned something from one of the schools that I had introduced it to, and they did something really tremendous. They did a, um, a raffle at back to school night where when the parents came in, obviously we didn't do it this year, and the parents were learning about the school, there was a raffle that they could buy and it was for a basket of pencils and erasers and all the things that the kids would need. And the money went to Make-A-Wish and that was the kickoff to let parents know that they're a Make-A-Wish school. And then mm. the letter writing and and everything grows from there. So the parents get excited about it. The kids go home because they they have little competitions, whether it's between their friends or it's between class to class or grade to grade. You know, we, you, you spice it up. Um, there's always a little character in there. You know, you, you figure out what, what makes the kids go and they go. Um, so, so that, that kind of gets it out into the community. And then we also did something, I can't even remember how many years ago it was, but Michelle Charlesworth from Channel 7 News came to the school and did a whole piece on the kids writing their letters because there were so many letters. Wow, that's unbelievable. And, and that's really, you know, again, a testament to your leadership, you know, with everybody and coordinating all those things through, you know, through the school that really allows for for us as a chapter to really benefit as well, because we always share these numbers with our national office and let them know, hey, here's how we've done. Um, they even use one, they even used one of those news pieces that was done on you actually a few years ago um, as part of the national promotion of this, the, the Believe campaign, which is really cool um, that they were able to do that. And it was one of our people that thought of it and, you know, and it kind of came from the ground up. It's always exciting when we have local uh, representation on a national level. It's, it's, it makes us so proud and we're so proud of you to be um, part of our Make-A-Wish family. So we can't thank you enough for, for your support. I mean, you're retired and you, and it seems like you're working harder now than, <laughs> than before. It's crazy, right? <laughs> no, this is, this is passion. <laughs> passion. That's awesome. So I was going to say with regards to passion is a great segue because you mentioned it earlier that, um, that you've always been interested in philanthropy. You always were interested in volunteering. Where did that begin? How was it planted in you? You know, that, that sense of community, that sense of giving back. When did that start for you? I think it was from watching my mom. So she used to, when we first moved up here, um, I guess she was trying to figure out her way. She had three kids. I was the youngest, but what she wanted to do with her time. And she did a lot of volunteering with the Association for Retarded Children. And I 
I just always remember that. Mm. And she, she just always came home happy, even when something didn't, she said, didn't always feel good. You know, you saw something maybe was uncomfortable, whatever, but it always made her happy that she could make a difference. Wow. And I think that's exactly what, you know, through your work and your dedication to our organization is, is being transmitted to the kids that you work with and continue to inspire through your, your philanthropy as well, is giving them that sense of um, that there's more to it than just what you see on paper, that there's another person on the other side that can use that uplifting experience in a way. And, and that's ultimately what we're trying to share now with these stories on this podcast is how, you know, uh, ordinary people are doing extraordinary things. And you're a, a perfect example of that, that you can have a very simple uh, idea and how it can flourish because then it starts catching fire amongst yeah. all the people around you. I mean, it started with the, your classroom and from there it became the whole grade. And then from there it continued to grow and grow and grow to what it is today. And, and that is truly the an avalanche of good. And that's the kind of thing that we're, we're all in need of at this time, especially during okay. the pandemic. How has that been for you um, during this time? Um, how have you been? How are you doing the family um, with everything around COVID? I mean, by the time of the airing of this episode, you know, hopefully we're at the tail end of what we're dealing with. Um, but, you know, who knows at this point, right? We're, we're already eight months in and at the, at the time of this recording. Um, so how have you been? How have you been holding up? Thankfully, Healthy and happy. Um, I get outside as much as I can. I think fresh air and moving around is good. And as the weather gets colder, it's just another layer of another sweatshirt. And we just have to keep going outside and breathing that air and keep going. You know, it. we're going to look back and this is going to be one big history piece <laughs> that we're making. I'm telling you, man, there's people that are going to make a career of the, the of whatever amount of time this pandemic takes. It's going to be really interesting to see how, um, how, the, what this all is, you know, I mean, we're living in it. We're living history right now, which is, you know, not the first time it's happened, unfortunately for us here in, in the Northeast, um, especially. So it's just one of those wild, wild things. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit is uh, our shooting star segment, which is a really a fun kind of quick burst of a series of questions where I'm going to ask you a question. You say the first thing that comes to mind, all with regards to Make-A-Wish. What do you think? You want to want to play this game? <laughs> of course. All right. So obviously you've had a lot of memories over the years volunteering with Make-A-Wish. Um, what would you say top number one memory favorite and with regards to Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley? Uh, the face on a little girl when her wish was granted. That's awesome. That's what it's about, right? I mean, a lot <sighs> of people when they volunteer, they want to work directly on wishes. And obviously at our at the local level, we have a process in place to kind of ensure that the people we are training to become wish granters have the ability to really do the work that's needed. Um, there's a lot of layers to it. But the payoff is exactly that. You know, you see the I smile have, on their I face. One more I have to say. Yeah, go, go for it. And it's and it's when all those kids are sitting at Macy's and they're and they're cheering because they're proud of themselves and they're proud of what they've done and they know that they did something bigger than themselves. So I have two. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, could you share a little bit about that? So for our listeners that aren't aware or haven't seen um 
Make-A-Wish, their presence at a local Macy's store for Believe Day. Walk us through a little bit of how, what it takes to coordinate that day. And then actually the, you know, getting there, what does your kind of, I guess you could say program looks like, you know, with the announcement of how many letters got counted, right? Yes. So it's a culminating activity that starts from the opening of the Believe campaign. And I do a whole kickoff in the school with the either grade by grade or school, depending upon the size of the school. And the kids then go and write their letters. And there's usually a staff member, it used to be me, but now it's whoever is taking charge. And they're counting and rubber banding the letters in stacks of 25 or 100. And they keep that going throughout. And I coordinate the buses and get a visit. It's through the Nanuet School District. It's been about 175 students in mass on Macy's. And you guys from Hudson Valley come and join us. And Santa has joined us. And um, Tom is there. And Macy's employees are there cheering the kids on. And they're dressed in their swag. And it's there's video cameras. Parents come and they're taking pictures of their kids. And then I get up and I just congratulate the kids. And we make a big check. Um, made out to the number of letters and it's double day. So then we take the number of letters and we multiply it by two and we shout out the amount of money that's going to go to make a wish. And the kids are cheering and they're all excited. And, you know, that's all they do. Then they get back on a bus and their day has been made. There hasn't been any food and there hasn't been any entertainment, you know, field trip type entertainment, but those kids go home flying and year to year, They look forward to that happening this year. It's going to be, you know, unfortunate, but they really do look forward to that. If I, if I'm coming up the third grade and I'm talking to them about what's going to happen, suddenly the, they're like, but next year I'm going to do it. That's really cute. And actually this past year's uh, in 2019, one of the unique things we had that particular year was we had a drone that was uh, filming the kids as they were walking into the mall and actually when they were coming out of the bus and everything. And it kind of was hovering over them as you were making these announcements. So now knowing that it was such a distraction for them <laughs> when you were trying to share, <laughs> we're probably not going to do that again. But um, but it was fun because a lot of the kids were, we got some really great footage of just the kids looking up at the drone and, and they were like waving at it. It was just so much fun. And it added that extra layer you said there was not a lot of activity, but there was a lot of activity. There was, you know, you had the one and only Santa there. You had all these amazing um, extra bells and whistles around just the regular trip on a bus. I mean, there was so much right. to it. And and you could and you can feel the energy in that space. You could feel how Absolutely. excited it is, how exciting it was. And um, and another person that would also be present was always the mayor of the city of wherever we were going to go drop off the letters. Right. And it's changed over the years. We've, we've done suffering. From suffering, yes, and um, and so it was, that's always great to have that community uh, partnership in it as well. So it we truly- also we also brought Pearl River School children that year, this past year too. Well, the last two years, Pearl River's been involved. With, yeah, they had they had a bus and brought them in too. So it's it's growing. It started in in one district, and now we're in four. And there's wow. only school districts in the county. <laughs> so we're halfway there, Debbie. Halfway there. <laughs> Something but to Abe, aim for. Yeah. Abe, 
I'm moving. <laughs> oh, you're moving. Are you moving out of territory or, or really yes. far? You are? Where are I you am. thinking of moving to? Florida. You're moving to Florida? <laughs> but I'll come back. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you're always welcome at the Wish House, as you know. It's it's you're always welcome, and you know, and 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 you've again, you've planted multiple seeds. You've planted a garden, uh, not only a garden, truly an or just an orchard of just of goodness, you know, with these kids, and and all, and honestly, you're we're gonna see the 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 byproduct of all the that work in the next five to 10 years, because that's when these kids are now going to become aged to become volunteers. And they may have, and they, and they're going to have possibly multiple years of them doing this campaign and conjunction with Make-A-Wish. So, you know, I anticipate we're going to, we're in a good position over the next five to 10 years out of Rockland County to get um, volunteers. It's going to be really easy, hopefully to get volunteers in that area because all the kids are going to be grown up and they're going to want to give back in a different way at, at their age so. level. So, I mean, thank you to you for, for all of that, that, that work. So, um, wow. But we'll talk about you moving later. We'll see if we can convince <laughs> you to stay. Um, <laughs> so well, actually speaking of which, what, what would you, what advice would you give to someone in the community that wants to get involved with, with volunteering or is looking to donate to a char, a charitable cause? You know, what, what would you tell them to encourage them to donate to make Wish Hudson Valley? I think a lot of people think, oh, I don't know if I can do that. It's a big commitment. It's a lot of time. And one of the things that I've seen from people that get involved, with, especially with Make-A-Wish, is that the demands are not there. You take them from what they can offer. And no matter how small, it is something big. And you guys appreciate that. And I think that that's perfect for anybody trying to to take a step in the right direction. And then it becomes contagious and then you become addicted as I did and you just let it grow yourself. <laughs> That's awesome. And then as, as you know, as a, as a trained wish grinder, you know, we have five different formal uh, wish categories. They are to go, to meet, to have, to be, to give. If you could have a wish, what would it be? I want to work at Give Kids the World. Oh, is that why you're moving down to Florida? You'll be a lot closer. I will be a lot closer and I will get there. <laughs> there you go. Let me tell you, I mean, Give Kids the World for our listeners that are unaware of, of what that is. Give Kids the World is a, a non-for-profit that we par- partner with, have been partners with since the early inception of our foundation. They are based out of Kissimmee, Florida, not too far from Orlando. And they have this amazing uh, facility there that... It, it, it's, it's pretty much multiple villas where families are, in, are invited to stay there um, during their time of their wish. And so not only it's not a hotel because families do have to clean up after themselves. They have to leave the garbage outside the door. But the benefits of staying at a place like Give Kids the World is that it's its own little city in a sense, you know, that's truly full of hope and joy and excitement. Um, not only do they have provide their own activities in-house like they have movie nights they even have like a parent night out where the kids can kind of be monitored by staff members or volunteers and the parents can have some time for themselves even um there's ice cream from 7 30 in the morning all the way through almost 11 o'clock at night that the kids and the, and the families can go and have they have horseback riding they have mini golf they have every year they're coming out with new activities and new things to try to you know continue to support our our, our wish families and the amazing thing about it is that they also are so close to Disney World that a lot of the same Disney characters that you would find out at 
the, the parks at Disney, they actually come to give kids the world too, because there are some kids that, you know, are not good with crowds or they don't feel comfortable with big crowds. And so they can still have a Disney, so to speak, wish experience at give kids the world because the characters are coming to them. So they, and that is actually better in a lot of ways because they have that uh, one-on-one interaction with with those characters, whether it's Mickey Mouse or the princesses or or one of the others that, that come about. So it's really, really cool that, um, that you mentioned that you want to, either work there or volunteer your time there. Maybe you start volunteering and you can work your way into the working there. Um, (laughs) But they have over 500 to 700 volunteers there um, that are volunteering daily, you know, to help make it, help it run, which to me is one of the most phenomenal things. And, you know, families time and time again, and again, always say that they never had to pick up a plate after they ate because there was someone there to scoop it up and clean up the table. Like while they're still there, they would ask them if they wanted anything else. And when they have families that have special dietary restrictions, you would tell the chef and they would make something special for them. It was truly, it was truly out of, out of, out of this world, what the type of experience that these families receive when they go there and, and with everything that they've, that they're going through with the treatment journey to, for us to be able to facilitate an experience like that, where they can have these moments of respite and, and just be quote unquote, a regular family. Um, it's one of those things that we truly are proud to partner with Give Kids the World for. So, and, and you granted wishes to go to Disney and you have one, you know, um, you've done them. So, so you understand to a certain extent how those work and, um, and, I wish you the best of luck if you do get a chance to volunteer there, because you will be one of those volunteers giving those families that sense of joy when when they're there. And I'll end the shooting star segment with the last question, which is, in one word, how would you describe Make-A-Wish? Fantabulous. I like it. That's a word that I coined many years ago when kids did something extra special, and it's fantabulous. Fantabulous. I love it. That's a perfect way to end our podcast today. Thanks again to our friend, Debbie Levy, for sharing in the power of a wish and inspiring hundreds of children to give back to their local community. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. And we also invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Let us know how we're doing and any questions you may want to add to our Shooting Star segment. We're always open to hearing what you guys have to say. Special thanks to our executive producers for the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf, for helping me put the podcast together. Couldn't do it without their collaboration. And finally, from all of us here at the Wish House, thank you for joining us. Stay safe and stay healthy.